Hello and welcome to the Big Gap and Fries Movie Podcast. I'm Gavin. I'm Ian. Hey. Hey. <laughs> On this week's show, we're going to do a little short review of A Monster Call, starring Liam Neeson's voice. That's right. And Sigourney Weaver, Felicity Jones, Toby Kimmel, Lewis McDougal. 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 Connor O'Malley. Connor O'Malley. Have they you seen this? They should, yeah. They should have just called the film Connor O'Malley. I've come for you, Connor O'Malley. Once an invisible man who had grown tired of being unseen. It was not that he was actually invisible. It was just that people had become used to not seeing him. One day the invisible man couldn't stand it anymore. He kept wondering, if no one sees you, are you really there at all? What did the Invisible Man do? He called for a monster. They should have gotten you to do it, dude. It's you're me doing Liam Neeson. I know, and you do it beautifully. They yeah, should, but I would. They, they would, should have gotten. I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. They should have gotten Ian McNally. Yeah, and then they would have said, "Can you do a Liam Neeson?" And they would have gone, "Yes, I can." How do you do, Connor O'Malley? J. A. J. A. Biona, if you're doing a sequel to A Monster Calls, and you know you want to like cut the budget down because the first film didn't make that much money. A monster always calls twice. That's right. <laughs> Get Ian McNally. He has experience doing uh, voice acting. I've played a cartoon owl. Yes, he's played a cartoon owl. So, before we get to the movie review, we should say that we are sponsored by GreenRoom136.com Urban Carry Gear. What's Urban Carry Gear, Ian? It is material hand-assembled and guaranteed for life. Did you say hand-assembled? I said hand-assembled. And did you, after that, say guaranteed for life? Guaranteed for life. This shit will not fall apart on you. And if it does fall apart, you have a lifetime guarantee. Lifetime guarantee. Like the people at GreenRoom136 will take it and at no extra cost, repair the shit for you. I think that's it, and I hope Patrick doesn't kill us for saying that. <laughs> People are going to buy it, and then rip it to shreds. It's like, it was like this when I got it. If you are it planning wasn't. on doing that, please don't. Please don't. Yes. But what you should do is go to greenroom136.com and use the offer code MACYAP10. That's M-C-Y-A-P-10. That's right. Oh, one zero. That's one zero. And, and uh, you can get such awesome named bags as the Junk Monkey, the Rainmaker, the Metro Monger, the Bootstrap, Small pocketbooks for your small pocketbook type items. Uh, the auto book, which is a small thing for your hand. The Metro Monger, which I've said already. And the scribble book and the mission attache. I own the Junk Monkey, and it's very impressive. I own the Rainmaker, and fuck me, I can put a lot in that bag. It's like Mary Poppins' bag. Right. Yeah, I just keep pulling cables out of it. Mm-hmm. And they just keep on coming. Mm-hmm. So they're pretty good. Pretty Much badass. to the delight of the children you visit. Yes. <laughs> I also am available for bar mitzvahs and parties, but not so much here in Malaysia, strangely enough. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I wonder why that is. Yeah. It'll catch on. Who'd have thunk it? <laughs> It'll catch on. Weddings, I also do. And if you have any comments, you can email us at podcast at mcgappenfries.com. Or that's, you... po- that's podcast at mcgappenfries.com. Don't cut off the fucking second email. All right, all right. And, or you can tweet us. You can tweet me at gavyap. And I'm at McNasty Prime. That's MC, not MAC. Or you can find me at Instagram at gavyap77. I'm also on Instagram as McNasty Prime. Same again. Yeah. My wife is currently doing a wanking gesture, as if, as is, uh, uh, you know, uh, as to say we're both wankers. Yes. Interesting point. On occasion, guilty as charged. Mm. 
Meanwhile, <laughs> back to Connor O'Malley. Connor O'Malley. Connor O'Malley. Okay, so A Monster Calls is directed by J.A. Bayona. He directed The Orphanage and The Impossible. I haven't seen The Impossible. The Impossible was the film based on the uh, tsunami. tsunami. Uh, the, the, the Bali tsunami. Yes, Bali? Uh, Thailand. Thailand. Phuket. Phuket. Uh, that starred Ewan McGregor and Naomi Watts. Uh, but he also directed The Orphanage, which is a Spanish film which I have seen. Which is... I'll fix it in post. <laughs> Jesus. Let the record show I had nothing to do with that. <laughs> 8.50, Mike falls over. Take note. My, um, my wife is now on the floor laughing her ass off. All right, I'm just going to leave it in. Um, but he also... That was Ian, like... Knocking the mic knocking over. Knocking the mic over. Like, um, a, like a fucking champion. Like, a, like, like a, some kind of savage. Like, um, like, it was, like, it was like, Guillermo del Toro presents the orphanage. Like Rip Torn from Dodgeball. Just like knocking shit down. You can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a dodgeball. And if there's one thing he listens to his, for, to his forwards, the, the wild wa- improvisation. And the wife is walking off. She's, she's had, walked away. She's had enough. She's walking away. She, from troubles in her <laughs> life. She's walking away. Ah, she'll find a better day. Craig David? Craig David? Craig David? Craig So, A Monster Calls is a movie about a guy called Connor O'Malley, whose mother is pretty sick. Yes, mother played by Felicity Jones... Uh, and she has a terminal uh, illness. And, and his life is pretty shit. Yes, and he's visited by a giant tree-like monster voiced by Liam Neeson. And he says that he will come back each night and tell him three stories. And at the end of those three stories, Connor O'Malley will have to tell him a fourth. And the fourth must contain his truth. Yes. What is your truth? You must tell me your nightmare. And the movie even opens with Connor's nightmare. Yeah. And his nightmare is a church falling apart with his mother standing by and him losing his mother. Yes. So, this movie, it is very clear from the off, the monster's not real. Yes. But the monster is something else. Yes. And it's Liam fucking Neeson. I mean, I mean, I haven't read BFG, I haven't seen BFG, but this kind of feels like BFG for adults. Very much so. So, I have, I'm more, more happy with the book than the film presentation. The film presentation wasn't great for the first half. The second half wanted more of what was in the second half. You're talking about BFG? Yeah, in the All first right, half. Okay. Yeah. The, the second half had the right level of humor and delight going through it, whereas the first half was just weird. Yeah. But this, from the off, like, Connor's not afraid of this monster at all. It's only when he mentions, like, you know, you run to your mother and he's like, you leave my mother alone. Yeah. And he just stands up to this thing because he's no fear of it. Mm-hmm. And his life is, like I said, he's bullied in school. Everything's bad for him. And the stories, the monster tells him I'll have a message but it's not the message he thinks there yeah and it all comes down to like you know if you come here to save me was like maybe I'm you come here to save save someone but it's not who you think he's gonna save yeah and I just thought it was absolutely perfectly put together and it's a really you know there's lots of movies about people having mental problems or having problems with their lives and then you know the supernatural element to them dealing with it mm-hmm. but I thought that this dealt with it in a much deeper more powerful way and I've overused that word too much in relation to this movie, but it's real complicated. Like this kid is growing up. There's a very telling line at the beginning where it's a story. It starts like all stories start with a boy, not longer, no longer a kid, but not yet a man. Yeah. And it's his seeing how he deals with complicated grown-up life, and life is complicated, horrifyingly so at certain points. And how you deal with that, and how you figure out how to make your way through it and how you deal with bad things that are going on, especially bad things that are going on for a long time. Yeah. And I thought that it just, it hit me somewhere deep inside and really blew me away. I mean, it was funny because uh, you and Uma 
were singing. BFM Zuma Pagan Yes, yes. Uh, you guys were both singing at the movie's praises, and based on that, I went to see it, and I enjoyed it very much. I thought it was a really good film. I, I, I think you guys kind of oversold it in mm. the sense that. I, based on what you guys said, I was expecting to be a wreck. I was expecting to be in in pieces mm-hmm. uh, by the end of the film, and I wasn't. Having said that, it is a very good film. You cry at all? No, I mean like I didn't weep. You know, I mean like there were moments where I had like a lump in my throat, and like you know there might have been like the you know tears were forming, mm-hmm. but I wasn't in pieces. The way you guys were going on about it, I really was expecting to be like a wreck I guess that's you something know, that, that that's something that also even Mark Commode's review of this movie was the same where people were telling him it's great I think it was this movie or some other movie uh, it was La La Land I think he talked like, about yeah, and yeah. when you go in and you've had so much it's, it's really hard to figure out how to sell it because I went in knowing there's a monster and there's a kid yeah. and even the second time I watched it the second time with my girlfriend and the second time watching it knowing where all the sad bits are coming I think I cried more well I mean I, I mean I'll probably see it a second time at some point I'm just saying like after what you guys said to me I wasn't let down. It, it, don't yeah. get me wrong. I wasn't disappointed in the film. But just based on how you guys sold it, I expected it to be a little bit more sort of like wrought. Yeah. Um, and I was overwrought. But, both but times. having said that, I do think it's a really good film. I think that it's that rare kind of um, family film that it really is just as much for adults as it is for kids. Like, even more so, I think. Like, like even more so, I think. Um, because Connor's character, in many ways, can be an adult. You could you could switch Connor's character for an adult character, yeah, and it would still be the same. It wouldn't make that much of a difference. Uh, but I thought that it was great in the sense that it wasn't afraid to go dark when the story called for it. Yeah, um, it was very unapologetic about that, and it had a lot more emotional weight than a lot of um, these kinds of films. Yeah, and I appreciated that, and uh, I think everyone was. Amazingly cast, except for Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver, I don't, I don't. Her performance isn't bad. It's just her accent, accent work. Her is accent so distracting. Work. It's like you just don't understand. You don't get where she's from. Yeah. And more to the point, you don't really understand why she's in it. They could have cast so many other different people. Judy Dench. Anyone. They could yeah. have cast any English actress, and it wouldn't have made a difference. No. You know. But it is quite nice the way you see her unravel over the course of the yeah, movie. Yeah, no, I mean, but again, there's a lot of, there's no, but, a lot but again, of beautiful that's the character. Yeah, that's the character. But it's also her her makeup and everything, and the way she acts breaks down. I know, but what I'm saying is, is that you got Sigourney Weaver in a role that you don't need Sigourney Weaver in. Mm-hmm. You know, Sigourney Weaver is a great actress, and there are and there are a lot of roles she plays where you like can't can't think of anyone else. Yeah, but in this, she's hamstrung by but, the English but actress. It, but, it, but in this one, you do kind of think to yourself, well, I don't I don't understand why. You get you you have Sigourney Weaver playing this role. You mm. could have gotten any English actress of the same age or older because Sigourney Weaver did feel too young. No, really. Okay. To play grandma, she did feel too young for mm. it. Like a little, like for me. Maybe it's because I have this romanticized sort of uh, thing you, in my. You head. still see her in Alien. I, in I still sort of see Sigourney Weaver as Ripley in her knickers in the end of know, Alien, and I just keep waiting for her to just grab that pulse rifle and fucking blow get away from her, you bitch. You know. You just want her to just fucking unload a, a magazine into that tree monster, <laughs> you know? Um, but I, I really, really enjoyed the film. It, it's um, it's currently playing, but it's uh, not playing on too many screens. Yeah. I mean... And, it, and, and I do feel it is a film you should see in the cinema. Yeah. Um, very much so. It, but is, also, it is a big screen experience. But you mentioned it's a film for kids that also faddles. It's very much a PG-13 very much so I mean yeah. if, you, you, if you have a kid under 13 I would be very wary uh, nah friend of the show asked us about like should he bring his five year old niece and I was like no yeah. not yeah. for this one Yeah, this is like 
Connor's truth is very dark. And w- it's a darkness. It's a darkness that you don't see in film a lot, and I thought unless it's like you know a really that's leaving Las Vegas or something. I would say the cutoff point is ten. Yeah, very much so. Like uh, if if you have if your kid's younger than ten, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take take him to see it. And it's I mean unless of course you know you've explained it. Yeah, and uh, there's one thing that gets lost in a lot of the reviews because it happened. It's happened here again. It happened the last time I talked about it on BFM. The stories he tells are illustrated through like watercolor paintings yeah. that are brought to life, and yeah. they're quite beautiful. Yeah. Like it's something that you forget about. It's not. It's yeah. not even really publicized that much. I don't think. Yeah. And and you know what? I, I was happy about that. Like when, because uh, I went to see the movie and I didn't know anything about that. You didn't. You didn't mention anything about it. Yeah. And when I, I actually really enjoyed that. I was very enamored by that. So I don't really feel it's something that needs to be gone into. I think that's n- that's a nice little discovery when you see the film. Yeah. Um. I just I love the complicatedness of it. Like I said mm-hmm. before, and I, the second time I saw it, that last half hour for me was just. Waterworks. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a great story about letting go. Yeah, um, and it but, does but, its but, job but, really well. And based on this, I am really, really interested. Inter- see what he does next. In- interested to see what he does with uh, Jurassic World Two. Yeah, because when you see at the beginning of this, it's like a interchange where there's like the credit roll for like all the production companies is quite long. Yeah, it's like this is obviously something I had to pull from a lot of areas to get the money from. Thirty seconds, the logos. Ding. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and the monster looks fantastic. He looks great. It looks absolutely... I mean, they, I didn't realize until afterwards they built a, a head and shot a hand. I think maybe for the last scene. Mm. And you believe that there's a tree monster there. Yeah. Like, it's so good. And it's like... I think they said... I, I heard something where we were talking about, like, you know, everything they did just looked like an ant, but it doesn't look like an ant. Yeah. It looks terrifying it, it, and uh, at fir- homely at and first, everything. At first, it kind of reminds you of things you think you've seen before. Mm. But when you really get into it, it's, it is its own thing. Mm. Um, I'm quite curious to read the novel yeah. that it's based on. And it's a weird credit as well. It's like based, it's, it's like based on the novel by Patrick Ness, based on an idea by uh, Suzanne Dowd or S- yeah. uh, Siobhan Dowd. And it's like, what's that all about? Yeah. But um, absolutely, yeah. I think it's a, it's a hidden gem that people, if you miss it, you should really Well, really I mean, it, it hasn't made much of an impact in the US, but globally it's, it's made quite a bit of money. Yeah. So it has found an audience. For me, it goes for those like stories within stories where it's like a more grown-up, never-ending story or The Princess Bride. No, I would say more never-ending story than, than Princess Bride. But similar in a way. Yeah. Um, and also like ties into some of the Sandman stuff, you know, because it's very much yeah, like yeah, 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 the, yeah. The, the, the actual power of story. Yeah. The monster says like, you know, aren't you going to, you can help me kill my enemies. It's like stories are wild things that I use stories to kill, to destroy my enemies. I don't yeah. use, I don't need to smash their houses down. Yeah. Even though he does smash their houses down. And there's a beautiful moment with that. You know that moment? Mm-hmm. Where they're smashing the house. And it just cuts. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and yeah. you're like, whoa, <laughs> shit. There's moments of that. I just thought it was constantly surprising and constantly delightful for me. I cannot, again, it, it's, it's problematic to recommend it too highly because I said the expectation will lead people too far. Yeah. But I would actually f- seek out this movie. Yeah. Check it out. It is a hidden gem. Yeah. So if you do see it, let us know what you thought. You can email us at podcast.com. That's podcast at begapandfries.com. And you can also tweet us at Gabyap and McNasty Prime. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.